This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hello, today I'm talking to Helen Barker, the co-founder of Fika. Helen's aim is to create a positive impact on the fashion industry through her slower paced, sustainably conscious brand. So Helen and I spent lots of time talking about the fashion industry as a whole and some of the issues that Helen sees with the industry and what she is doing as the co-founder of Fika to change that. So we talk a lot about slow fashion, sustainable fashion, as well as how to start a fashion brand from scratch. So whether you're interested in starting a fashion brand, whether you're just interested in fashion, in general or perhaps neither I honestly think you'll still find this episode really interesting and fascinating um, as Helen is really open and she has lots to share with us so hi Helen thank you so much for being here hi thanks for having me I'm so excited oh me too um <laughs> so can we please start with you give an introduction to yourself your business and what you sell please Yeah, so I'm Helen. I am co-founder and owner of Fika, which is a responsibly sourced fashion brand for women. And our aim is to really create a beautiful range that empower women, make them feel amazing, but also give them those key pieces that they need in their wardrobe. It's it's quite a different model. We're kind of trying to slow things down a bit, which, which I know we'll go into a bit later. Yeah, it would be good to talk about that, actually. But I think before we go into what Fika's looking to do, um, maybe we'll talk about a bit about the fashion industry in general, because I know from um, speaking to you before that the kind of reason behind Fika is that there are some issues that you guys see with the fashion industry as it is. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, about the issues you're seeing and then what Fika's doing to address that? Yeah, definitely. So um just to give you a bit of background, fika means to slow down and appreciate the good things in life. It's a Swedish term. So that's kind of where it all started in the pandemic when, you know, everyone has stopped. Um, and it really gave me and my business partner time to really reflect on the industry, what's going on and what really needs to change. I think everyone sat back and thought, OK, there needs to be a big change here. I think the big problems at the moment is fast fashion. As a, as a nation, we've got used to wearing things once, throwing them away, and that's become like almost like a culture. And so in return, things are being mass produced quickly, quickly, quickly. And also consumers are used to receiving those products really quickly, next day, sometimes same day. So there's this kind of quite difficult cycle that has kind of 
been born and it's really not sustainable for the future in terms of you know where our planet is going and also in terms of the people making the, you know, the factories and things like that it's just not a sustainable model um, to keep kind of producing in that way so at FICA we really wanted to do something different make a real statement it was really scary to put it out there because I don't know many people that have kind of done it this way and um, through talking to people people are very excited about it but it is quite a different way thing to get your head around so we're really promoting slow fashion and really considering those purchases so our range is really designed to kind of be worn for season after season year after year we want to show people how to look after their clothing I know it sounds you know ridiculous but actually if you look after things properly and you know how to do that then you know those clothes can be worn and worn and worn. We really want to want people to keep their clothes for longer. We want to try and send out it's basically the opposite message to fast fashion. And I think that is where the industry kind of has to go in terms of the future. That really makes sense. I mean, I know for myself that I've definitely got to a point, and I don't know whether it's a point in my life or just, I don't know, but where I definitely would rather spend a little bit more money on something that's good yes. quality. And I also consider purchases a lot more. If I'm not going to wear something, you know, week yeah. in, week out, well, maybe yeah. you don't wear things that often, but if if you can't, if I can't see myself wearing something that often, I think, do I actually need it? And I do think that maybe there is more, getting more of a shift in that direction, yeah, perhaps. Definitely. I think, I think the pandemic has been a big part of that shift. I think without that, I don't know whether we would be seeing such a change. I think we really are at a really interesting and exciting turning point in the industry, not just fashion, but many other industries as well. I know lots of other people that are starting small businesses um, kind of during and after the pandemic. And I think there's a lot more that's come, which is great. I think I really, really looking forward to seeing what everyone else does. You've mentioned quite a few things that Fika are doing differently. Let's let's talk about some of those, yeah. if that's okay. So yeah, when you talk about slow fashion, for anyone who doesn't know, you know, who's not aware of the term, how, how would you define yeah. slow fashion? Um, for us, it's we use a meta order model. Um, so it's about a three-month turnaround, which uh, you know, it's it's quite a long time for people to wait. But um, we do all that work in advance. So we do it three months in advance of when it kind of needs to be in for that season. So um, we we want the range to be multi-seasonal. So it's going to be worn across the season. We're showing people on our Instagram how to style it, how to layer it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of. Oh, I see. So, <laughs> so it's not that the consumer orders and waits three months. It's that from the time no. you place the order. Yeah, so we do it in advance and then it will come in, you know, that seasonally appropriate time. Most of our stuff can be kind of worn throughout the year, but then there are a couple of, you know, like coats and high summer dresses that need to be worn at certain times of the year. But apart from that, um, yeah, we make sure that what we do is we get wholesale orders at the moment. And then for Fika, the Fika brand, we go on the back of that. So we don't create anything or make anything additional that hasn't been bought by our wholesale stockists as well. Oh, that's really interesting. And we'll talk a bit yeah. more about wholesale either. So, yeah. oh, so you're getting the orders and then and then making it. That's, that is a really different yes. way of doing it. I believe, yes. <laughs> yeah. Am yeah. I right in thinking that usually in the fashion industry, brands would make a whole load of different products and different ranges yeah. and then try and, and I guess that's why you see some of the high street brands have these huge sales where they're 
really discounting things at the end of the season yeah I worked in the um, fashion industry for the last 15 years for a supplier so I was an account manager so I did all the the selling but all of the creative side with sign team and we worked with a lot of big brands I think that's where I've learned a lot of what I want to do differently and not necessarily it's quite a traditional you know people do things in a certain way in the fashion industry in terms of what seasons stock stock goes in um, and just the whole process and I was like well we don't have to do it like that we can do it you know the world is changing the climate is changing outside you know we're here in November and the sun's shining and you know it's it's um we just have to be really adaptable and again that's another thing that I took from the pandemic and also having had so much experience in so many different brands you know from sort of supermarket brands to more high high-end global high street brands in the UK and also America and things like that so it's kind of clubbing all that information together and really thinking okay how can we use all of these tools that we we've kind of previously seen and put it to the absolute best kind of use yeah that makes sense and and you mentioned then so we talked about you you have a three month sort of order time so let's talk a little bit about the sourcing and production because I know that you source responsibly so can you maybe talk a little bit about what that means and then talk a little bit about the production process if that's okay yeah of course so um responsibly sourced is the main ethos of our of our brand is um you know, ensuring that we're using sustainably sourced fabrics. And at the moment, we have kept it quite tight and quite small. We use a lot of organic cotton, recycled polyester, and then EcoVero. That's kind of the main things that we use because as a small brand, it is really difficult. Obviously, our quantities are really small and it's really difficult to make that work with a, you know, a, a manufacturing unit that's quite established. Um, so we've kept it tight, but we've kind of made sure that the styles are doing different jobs within our range for that for those different types of customer um and i'm you're quite lucky because obviously having that experience and having contacts in the industry have pulled out a lot of favors and a lot of people have come to help us so um we produce in vietnam um i've worked with vietnam for a long long time and i've been there twice been to the factories absolutely love the kind of setup that they have there it's one of the only countries that i've visited that has an amazing skill for multi-product within one factory a lot of factories have um you know specialized especially with things like denim they have specialized factories and outerwear because they're so technical um but in vietnam the level of this this, the skill of the multi-product is just incredible and it really kind of i fell in love with it fell in love with the people and the kind of the whole it's very established out there um so i just felt like for us it was kind of relatively easy to get going but still find finding those key factories that would support us when we're smaller as well I think that is kind of the biggest hurdle that we've had to overcome but we've got there I think that's the main thing is to keep going um, and you know it'll all kind of work out in the end but yeah one of the, <laughs> the many kind of hurdles that we had to endure but yeah I can see that must be a challenge finding someone who wants to work with really small quantities yeah, yeah, I'm lucky that I kind of yeah managed to have those contacts that have support have been absolutely incredible in supporting um, me and the brand. So yeah, very very lucky to have that. And with the three month order time, I mean, I I honestly don't know this for the fashion industry. Is that short or long? Short, yeah, short. short. So we we normally work a year in advance. So when I was working for suppliers, um, you know, the the high street will be working a year in advance, and they normally bring things like outerwear in in sort of July September time, um, traditionally, um, so 
you know, they keep they bring them in earlier, they sort of tend to keep them in for longer. I think that's changing a little bit now because of what the world's doing. But I know a lot of retailers still kind of stick to that longer lead time. They buy in bulk. Um, and then obviously then they have to try and kind of they get a better cost price, but then they need to hopefully sell it and then kind of yeah (laughs) so was that challenging as well from the point of finding suppliers because obviously they'd be working to much shorter timescales than they used to yeah I think for us um we did a lot of work on the fabric a lot of a lot of time the fabric takes a long long time to make you know to source it and make it we did all that up front so when we were sort of creating the brand we really honed in on those key fabric bases that we really wanted to concentrate on and we made sure that they're there so that's why we've managed to kind of although it's still quite long for the consumer in terms of the fashion industry it is quite quick um and we're lucky that we're working with factories that we're actually doing them a favor so we've managed to plan it so when they're in their quiet quieter periods of time and they necessarily probably wouldn't have any on the line they're slotting things slotting our, our goods in there and making them so actually we're kind of helping them out and they're helping us out and it's kind of worked really well because at, at times factories can have really busy times of the year because of the buying pattern of UK and global retailers um, and then they have these really quiet times of the year when they, they don't have anything on and um, that's actually a really big cost for the factory to try and maintain when they don't have as much going so they'd rather take these sort of smaller quantities put on a bit of a smaller line um, and help us out so yeah, that's it's taken a lot of planning, but obviously because you kind of know how it works, that it's it's fallen into place now and we're kind of getting into a groove with it. <laughs> I love that. It's just so good that like every, everyone wins. That's really good. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to to kind of my dad's got this saying and that he always wanted me to sort of start my own business and he's always said you, you just always do the right thing and so throughout the process of starting Fika I was like right it's kind of my little motto in my head you kind of come into my head and it's like what is the right thing to do and you have to build those you know we have this business because we've built it and created those relationships for so long and I'm really you know working with a small group of people but I want to keep it with them you know hopefully as we grow we can grow with them and they will grow with us and I think that's such an important part of the business. That really is. And I think it's, you're right, those relationships are so important because hopefully they're going to be long term. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm all about uh, relationships. So, yeah, it's really important to us. And yeah, we want to do the right thing and support manufacturing and also the communities around it um, as a business. And it's really interesting what you were saying about the fabric as well. Because one thing I noticed when I looked at your lookbook, which I loved, by the way, was that you do a lot (laughs) of um, sort of. So I, I, I would call, I didn't know how to call it, I would call it fashionable, yet yeah, classic. Yes, um, but one exactly. thing I noticed that I loved was you would do like a, a like one beautiful top in lots of different colours, but I'm assuming that's the same fabric and it's been designed that way to help. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Throughout the design process, I've got two designers that I've worked with again for a very, very long time in previous roles. Um, and I worked really closely with them throughout I wanted it to be what are those key pieces there's like well-made really beautiful fabric pieces that people need and want to wear year and you know like a striped t-shirt in a gorgeous fit that's really flattering you know I'm quite a curvy girl myself so I'm really particular about how things fit and little details so we've really used that throughout the process to make you know basically what I feel like I've been missing for a long time and also you know friends and family been a massive inspiration you know I'm 36 and a lot of my friends um 
have come up to me and said, we can't find anything, you know, you need to do something about it. And so I was like, oh, right, okay. Um, but, you know, FICA is, it's aimed at 30 plus. So anything, you know, my sister's 40, I wanted her to be able to wear it. My mum's nearly 70, I want her to be able to wear it. And we have had that feedback from people, which has been brilliant. And also from younger. So it really is a brand, brand for everyone, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. And you touched on sizing then a moment ago. So I know one of the other things that that Fika does is true to fit sizing. Can you talk a little bit about that? So what it is and how you achieve that? Because I cannot get my head around how for any fashion brand, um, I was about to say for any fashion brand, they make clothes (laughs) that fit. And I have to say there are lots of fashion brands, in my opinion, make clothes that don't actually fit that well or don't fit consistently anyway exactly exactly that's I mean it's been what it's a minefield it absolutely is because you know having worked with many different retailers every retailer has their own you know pattern and fit and look that they want to achieve I think for us I wanted it to be more fluid so our sizing apart from our denim our denim is single size but everything else is extra small to extra extra large and we've done that because I wanted it to be not just a size eight not just a size 10 I wanted it to be more fluid within that and we've also designed the pieces to have comfort in them so we have you know on our formal trousers we've got a little panel on the back that's elasticated because you know some people have curvier hips and a smaller waist and some people you know are more conscious of their tummy areas they want a bit of give round there so um it's not just about the actual sizing, it's about creating breathable fabrics and, you know, kind of movement within the garments so they can kind of fit as many different body shapes as it possibly can. Um, so our sizes, you know, sort of like an 8 to 10, a 12 to 14, 16 to 18 and so on. Um, it is more fluid in that way. So I think um, we want people to feel to feel good and comfortable in clothing. There's so many things that I've bought in the past and you know, it just hasn't been representative and you're right, you know, it hasn't been consistent. So for us, consistency is absolutely key. We've done a lot of work on the patterns and, you know, getting the fit right and making that right. But also in terms of the pattern and making sure that the wastage as a sustainable, responsibly sourced brand, the wastage is all being kind of minimized and we're utilizing any wastage that comes from outside the pattern as well. That's all part of the process that we've put into um, the fit as well as, making so yeah <laughs> oh wow and I love those little details <laughs> um, it sounds like you put so much into this because I think there are so many brands out there that you know you can buy one t-shirt and you're an eight and another t-shirt and you're a 10 and it's really and I'm assuming that's because um, they use different factories and different fabrics and exactly yeah, yeah. and some of the the sort of you know more cost-effective the sort of cheaper brands they tend to kind of the sizes can get smaller sometimes if they kind of have a certain size of um width of fabric they might try and squeeze a few more into that panel of fabric than than needed whereas we over order our slightly over order our fabrics so there's more than enough room and then for our cotton example we um are donating it so it can be recycled into things like paper and cardboard and things like that um but it's, you know, you have to donate quite a lot of fabric. So we're kind of <laughs> collecting it all up. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's there's lots of things you can do. It's just making it all work and meeting the right people. 
That's amazing. And I never knew that that's the reason because there were definitely some brands out there and I won't, I'm not going to name any on here. There were definitely some brands out there though, where, you know, you need to go up a size or, well, I know yeah. there was a couple of brands where if I go to there, I need to go up a size because everything always is small. I didn't know that exactly. was why. That's so interesting. Yeah. I know it's a bit naughty, but um, yeah, for us, I kind of want people to be able to come to the brand, especially with being an online brand. You have to, you know, people need to know, you know, if they bought that t-shirt and they love that fit, they want that to be the same, the same again. So, um, yeah it's continuity and transparency for us you know I having worked in the industry I just want to be transparent and real about what Fika's about and you know what we're trying to do well thank you <laughs> and you must mention then about um being an online brand and in, in a little while we're going to talk about where people can actually buy Fika from where you're stocked and how you're yeah. finding stockists and, and that kind of thing but so I'd love to know a little bit more about the process of sort of designing and launching the brand because um so it was what two and a half years ago maybe that you came up with the concept can you talk yes. us through a little bit of what it and I know like it's, it's massive and you've gone into some, lots of details already I just think it'd be really useful for yeah, listeners particularly interested in fashion to kind of have a sense of the stages you need to go to go through yeah. sorry um, yeah, no, definitely. to launch whether it's a fashion brand or just a one-off fashion product because I'm assuming there are some key steps that you need to go through Yes, definitely. Um, it's quite, you know, it changed a couple of times. So the first thing that obviously we did was research. So research the market, what was out there, um, how we could do something different to what was out there already. I mean, I think after following the pandemic in the last couple of years in the industry, you know, the market's completely changed. There's a lot of really well-established brands that aren't there anymore or have joined other brands. So for us, it was to see what was already out there Um and really think about who our targeted customer was. So we did want it to be kind of 30 plus um, because we felt like that there wasn't a lot out there for that age age bracket. Um, And then the next thing we did was, which really was difficult, took a long time, but really helped me was to pinpoint our core values and almost like a mission statement, because I just think it's so important to have that focus as a brand because you're creative, you're getting all these different ideas, you're seeing all these different things, you're meeting all these different people, you're getting all, you know, it, it almost gets a little bit much. So when you really home into kind of your customer, who you're t- uh, targeting um, and what those core values, what you really want to achieve and what what our long-term goal is, you know, hopefully one day Fika will be able to expand into other areas, you know, become more of a lifestyle brand. I don't know if that will happen, but that was all part of the mindset. And I think it's really important to have that in your head as well um and then in terms of designing the product we really went back to basics you know having previously we would have you know looked at inspiration looked um you know anything from things like art galleries to what people are wearing actually wearing your street style um what other people are doing we kind of went everywhere and immersed ourselves we actually did a um we attended me and the design team a seminar on colour and how it's within sort of fashion and textiles and how certain colours can sort of evoke certain kind of emotions and what colours would do that and why they would do that. So we kind of took that along with some of sort of seasonably fashionable colours because we want Vika to be a happy, positive brand. It's quite colourful. Um, so that was really interesting. And I actually, I love doing things like that where you can really and you know when we've done shows and things people you can see it come through and people then they feedback to you so that's great um but we went back to basics and we literally we'd normally do it on a computer but we sat down 
we had loads of images we had a big like a mood board like a physical mood board and we literally just like pinned images on there fabrics on there colors on there and that was our real basis of where the first range kind of started and we had it in front of us all the time and it was just so good to have it in that really simple and plain way because again I think you can get really kind of confused about is this the right thing to do is that the right thing to do especially you're a small team as well you're second guessing everything you're doing when you're doing it for the first time as well um so it really kept us sort of in line and I was I really wanted to create that you know what is that capsule wardrobe that that woman wants and what does she want to update it with um and then it was kind of time to sort of when we got that all together we made obviously the samples and things like that that took quite a long time to get right, get the fit right. I did that all in advance. Whereas, you know, as a supplier, you would submit a sample and then the kind of retailer would fit it. But we did all of that beforehand because I just wanted to reduce that lead time later on. Um, and then we kind of went into the branding, which was super exciting. We worked with a company um, to help us on that because I, for me, I felt like I, it was a really important part of the brand that I was happy to invest a little bit more money in um, because I do see hopefully the brand being going into other avenues in the future. And I wanted a, a logo and an aesthetic that, that would work on different, different things. And um, that as well really helped the brand come to life. But that was a big process. I mean, you know, just getting getting it all right but it did all fall into place you know all those things um obviously took quite a long time so I'm kind of whizzing through it a little bit more no, that's but, fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah it all of those it kind of all came together and then then we did a show in Birmingham only in September that was our first show and we kind of put the brand out there and everyone loved it and it kind of that's where it all kind of started and how it happened Oh, amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, so your show you did in September, is that where you found your first stockist for the brand? Yes, yes. Yeah, we did really well. To be honest, that was really a show for us to create brand awareness and get real kind of feedback on on the range. And, you know, there's nothing like in real life getting someone's real reaction to things. And it was absolutely, it was more than I could have ever asked for in terms of feedback and meeting people, just, you know, familiarising yourselves with people that have their own businesses, that have their own independent boutiques, are actually doing really well at the moment, which is brilliant. You know, the UK High Street, I know that times are tough and for everyone at the moment, but, you know, these independent businesses are doing really well, which is great to see. And everyone's really kind of pulling together and supporting each other, which is really nice. Even the other sort of fashion brands, everyone's doing their own thing. Um, and supporting each other which I think is really nice because there is enough space for everyone everyone's so different definitely so was this a trade show specifically for the fashion industry so well it was Moda so we did Moda which has got um, yeah Autumn Fair on it as well so yeah we were in the fashion bit obviously next to the catwalk and we got you know some things on the catwalk they came over they loved it so much they thought can we get some things on the catwalk and we were like yes of course um so that was incredible as well and you know industry people from the industry like Draper's Magazine they came and loved the brand and did a whole feature on me so just having that awareness for us you know when we just launched was was incredible really so getting orders which obviously is the main main reason we were there which I didn't I didn't really didn't expect on the first show I was kind of prepared for it to be a little bit longer so that was great you know that is great because it sounds like you you were there with the intention of getting some feedback maybe and of yeah. awareness yeah and then people were like so can we buy and I was like uh yeah <laughs> of course you can yeah so that was I mean it was amazing it was absolutely incredible that's brilliant and is 
well, are you able to tell us any of the places you'll stop first of all just are there a few that well, you can ha- tell us yeah we haven't gone in yet we're going in um to a couple in December so there's one called Moo which is based in Leamington Spa and one in North Wales which is I don't think she's opened yet um she's actually opening on the 1st of December herself so she's bought a really big Fika range um which is amazing and there's one called Domestic Science which is based in the Cotswolds so we've got some things going in a little bit later for them but again they they've got three stores so for us that was just brilliant um and then um one called Dream On uh which supports um women that are um, recovering from cancer, which is something really close to my heart personally. Um, so when she, I met her at the show and, you know, what, the, what they do for, for women is just incredible. So we really wanted to be a part of that as well. That's amazing. And a, a trade show is the main way that you're finding stockists because as a new brand, I guess it's must be quite hard to to get stocked and I guess if people can see your clothes and feel your clothes and it must make a huge difference that's exactly what it is I think when people actually saw it and could feel it they were like okay this this is worth you know this this money sort of thing you know we're trying to be a fair price we're not super expensive we're not super cheap we're just somewhere in the middle we're trying to kind of give people really great quality for a fair price that's really what I'm really passionate about achieving um and yeah it it definitely trade shows at the moment was probably something I hadn't thought about my business partner he has a home fragrance brand which I know you know and he has done quite a lot of these trade shows and I helped him for a day on a couple of them and I think that's what really inspired me seeing everyone have their own little niche their own little business and I thought actually this is a really great way of you know I'd never kind of seen that kind of thing so I'm in such a different world and so for us it's just been incredible I'm actually doing three more one in January and two in February um just because they're brilliant opportunity to network and meet people I mean it's just yeah it's great it's really I'd really recommend it if you're a new brand it's really worth it yeah I actually met your business partner Demi at a trade show (laughs) (laughs) they are great I've never been to one it was my first one I attended and I just think they're brilliant because as you say you just get and it because I think this particularly with fashion I mean I think it's probably the same for lots of other products so Demi was there with his candle brand and I felt think again that's a product that you need to actually be able to smell because it's such a definitely it makes such a difference people were trying things on and uh we didn't we made a bit of a mistake because we didn't take a mirror we took I took everything else I literally has I thought I had everything and I thought well I don't know if people want to try things out. I don't know I thought that and you know obviously they did so we would you know luckily the guy next to us was lovely and he and his stand and he had all we that we used but um yeah the, the feedback was great and they're just it's really nice to meet people in real life and just talk to people and you know some things orders have come from they might there and they haven't come from and they might come later but you know just meeting those people and having you know they've got that awareness of you um is really great especially I think it is it's, it's fantastic and especially when your brand currently is online as well um yes so I think and I know that you've got a great Instagram and as you said I've been on your Instagram and I can see you've got some great styling <laughs> tips and you're sharing a lot of your, of your outfits but there's no substitute really is there for actually seeing something in real life yeah totally totally and I'm the same I know I, I still like seeing things in shops and things like that when I can um and that's what's really nice about you know partnering with um 
smaller boutiques and things for the wholesale route because it enables your brand to get out there um, in different parts of the country that you wouldn't normally have it in. And, you know, we really, really want Fika to be in the right places. And I'm so happy with the, the brands that the companies that we've partnered with so far because they have very similar kind of ethos to what we're trying to get across. You know, they're trying to reinvent the high street and change things and, you know, I think the more that we club together, the kind of stronger that we'll be and we'll make a change. Yeah, definitely. And is your plan just to sell wholesale or do you have other plans going forward? Yeah, so we started with a wholesale route because, you know, to get some orders in and a bit of money coming from a cash flow point of view, it kind of made sense for us. And again, getting that brand awareness um, was really important. We have gone on the back of anything that's been ordered we've ordered a small amount for our website which is kind of currently being worked on and is due to be which is another whole complicated process but it's um yeah due to go live kind of hopefully beginning of next year and um, if not before um so yeah we've kind of decided to do a little bit of both and also I mean I'm probably being a bit cautious but I quite like to take things slowly so you know, just ensuring that our setup and our process, I've built in t- probably way too much time in terms of the production time and getting it here and then getting it back out to our, our new stock is just making sure that, you know, for this first run, keeping it quite small is quite a good thing for us, just making sure that our processes are completely as they need to be. Um, you know, and really want to be able to deliver well what, what we've said we, we were going to do, which um, touch wood at the moment is still going to plan. So <laughs> uh, it's exciting, really exciting. That's amazing. And I do see that there probably does need to be so much thought that goes into it because, I mean, especially if you start, when you start selling on your website, it's sort of ordering and fulfillment and storage. And yes, there's there's a lot, isn't there? There is, there is a lot. And, you know, we're a small team, you know, I have two designers, which are incredible and yeah, they do more than just than designing they kind of help me with them. They help me at the shows. They'll help me back end when the stock comes in. So, um, yeah but it's still you know you think oh gosh before I started all three people that's that's loads of people and loads of time but actually because you're right there's so much to kind of think about and do at every process every point um it's a lot of hard work but I do love it so that's great (laughs) oh it's good to know that you love it I do yeah yeah you have to do so much yeah that's part of the problem actually when I started was kind of making sure that I had time to myself and time for the business obviously the first sort of year or so has been quite intense I haven't really stopped but more recently I've really tried to um segregate my time better manage my time better (laughs) it definitely sounds like I'm not I'm not saying there's not any hard work to come but it definitely sounds like you put in a lot of work sort of prior to the launch which hopefully has set you up really well now yeah I hope so yeah fingers crossed (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for all that you shared, Helen. I have one final okay. question, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, and I ask, if I ask, well, ask everyone a variation of this question, not the exact <laughs> question. Um, but what would your number one piece of advice be for anyone else looking to start a fashion brand? I would say to understand the market and how it is changing constantly and making sure that your brand is adaptable because fashion is just it's changing all the time and um the world is changing I think that you need to stay true to your brand as well so you know whatever your thing is make sure that you shout about it and that you stay true to it throughout the process even at times if it's really hard 
and you know have those as I said before those core values and that strategy really clear in your head and in place and one of the make sorry I'm giving you like five things here but one of the other things I would say is just ensure that you understand all the elements of clothing manufacturing because there is so much that goes into it you know not only from a fit point of view but from a fabric point of view from a technical fabric point of view and um, there's just so much that it's a it is a complicated process which I think a lot of people don't realize um so just make sure that you're really clued up and you know ready to kind of take whatever comes because it is hard but it is it is wonderful so yeah that's my main piece I think <laughs> oh thank you no that's really great advice and I think you're right when I think I've only spoken to one other fashion brand on here a while ago and I was a bit blown away by having to think about seams and stitching and a lot of those things yeah. as a consumer you just you don't, don't yeah. even consider there's so many things yeah when I me I mean my design team get it because they they're the same but you know, we get excited about you know what buttons we put you know new button shape we've got or a new button finish or you know the depth of a waistband <laughs> or something like that so um yeah there's a lot that goes into it but if you're determined enough anyone can do anything so that's brilliant thank you so much and that's what a lovely positive way to end thank you so much thank Helen. oh no thank you so much it's been lovely I'm just thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website vickyweinberg.com please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful thank you again and see you next week if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.